It is November 11th, and we're back with talking baseball. There's been a lot of little moves made. We got free agent fits and Twitter questions. Let's do it. everybody welcome back to talking baseball how's everyone doing welcome back to the show it feels like it's been forever feels like it's been forever since you've been gone that's a good song for about a minute then it got played out huh i take it back it was a good song my name is jimmy i'm coming to you from new york city and i got my good friend jake coming to you from denver we're here to talk some baseball we got actually some good stuff to talk about, Jake. We were texting yesterday, and I said, hey, what are, what are the topics? We got awards coming up, and we're going to cover those later in the week. Then you said you want to do where, Twitter, where free agents fit. We took some Twitter questions, and then I just went and did some groundskeeping. Like, what's the news that's been happening? There's some fun little things. They don't mean a lot, but they, have, there's, they open up to some good conversations. But first and most importantly, hi, Jake. How are you doing? Hello, James. Good morning. I'm doing well. Uh, had a nice little weekend. We had a nice little one of those Denver 70 degree days. Went to the park. Wow. Just enjoyed it. Little park day. Um, we have our that, first flurries pre- coming. I know you already got snow there. Yeah, we got a couple flurries. We're getting a couple flurries now. These might be the flurries heading your way. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm good. You know, it is... As a baseball fan, there's a little bit of a frustration that it's not like free agent frenzy right now. Like we're not on here yelling like, ah, Moustak has just got signed. Ah. But uh, baseball doesn't work like that right now. <laughs> um, we, uh, You and I have had some fun conversations in the past with our, our friend Michael Kay. And I think Jeff Passan's hinted to it recently that uh, like hopefully baseball is going to create some sort of signing period at some point. It, it was basically the original goal of winter meetings, <laughs> and winter meetings have now become not that. But um, I'm good, man, and yeah, I think uh, this the player fit uh, thing. I'm I'm pretty excited for because it's I don't I don't think some of them are necessarily hyper realistic, but it'd be like, yo, this would be such a fun signing and realistic because X, Y, Z. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what you got. I was trying to think of some stuff and I felt like all of mine were pretty cookie cutter. Pretty much like, oh my God, why are you making cookies during the show again? I hope I don't make cookies this year. All year? You start making cookies for Christmas and you just fucking give up and you just, now you're eating cookies every day. It feels like you guys are going to make one batch of cookies. First Christmas around the city? Yeah, we got to get into the spirit. Get in the fucking spirit, man. <laughs> hey. How, is your, how, how, are, how are you spiritually? I'm good. So I know that we usually have people watch this on YouTube. We're recording via FaceTime and our mic. So uh, I, on YouTube, I probably made a video to open it up saying just audio. Here's why. But so it's a little different. My room is still echoey. I took some couch cushions and threw them on the floor, hoping that would help a little bit. So when I did the breakdowns, it was like every comment was like, echo? There's an echo? I was like, fuck, yeah, there's an echo. But I don't have furniture for this room. We won't have furniture for this room for another couple of weeks because we're getting it from California. Whatever. I'm doing well. I, it feel, still feels like we're, Katie and I are tourists in New York City. Like, we, we, don't, live, right. we don't live here yet. We haven't, we haven't even taken the subway anywhere. We don't have, like, a commute yet, you know, so... There's some things like we went grocery shopping. We've ordered a lot of food. We need to stop that. But I'm liking it. Our apartment and where we're living is quiet. It's like way quieter than I ever thought Manhattan can be. It's pretty nice. Yeah, that's a, that that's pretty cool, man. I'm as you know, I'm happy for you. Um, yeah, and, and it's so funny how much like the comfort of internet. It's like there's probably books written about it because it when. When you move in somewhere new and there's that five days or a week when you don't have internet, you get that feeling like if you if you go away to college and you come back to your parents' house for the first time and you're all excited and you're like, yes, I'm going to be home. And then you sit on the couch for two minutes and you look around at your parents and you're like, okay, what do we do now? Yeah, this is different. Yeah, it, it's... Uh... 
Like we may do. I downloaded the full season one of Succession, the HBO show. So I've been crushing nice. through that. But yeah, like when we didn't have a couch, that was shitty because we didn't have a place to like hang out, the two of us. It was like sit on the bed and then we're going to go to sleep. Yeah. We're both big nappers or sit at the kitchen table and just look at each other without internet. We didn't have any board games or anything, but we kept busy. Jake, you said there wasn't any big news, which I think is pretty fucking rude to Speaking Chad of, Spanberger. Spe- oh, I, I was, I was going to, I had, I had a segue of the year lined up. I was going to say, speaking of succession, Scott Harris. Scott Harris. The GMs hired Scott, the GMs, the Giants hired Scott Harris as his GM. I currently don't have internet as we record this. So if we have, I did, a, I tried to do a lot of my research before the show. Scott Harris was right. part of the Cubs World Series run, and he's been working under Theo Epstein for a while. So pretty good track record there. Um, I mean, I don't know anything about Scott Harris. Sounds like a, I'm going to say boring name. Ooh, yeah, a little bit. Um, thir- 32 years old. Whoa. Uh, kind of, pa- yeah, part of, part of this wonderkin. What the fuck? Theo passing the torch a little bit. So yeah, I've got two years for that. Um, he's been the director of baseball operations for the Cubs for five years. Um, and then he was the assistant GM last year. And I guess from everything we've heard, um, and, and all the, like all the actual insiders, Bassan and guys like that, they said like, this guy is one of the guys known around the league. Like he was going to get his opportunity. It was just when, um, but yeah, UCLA NBA at Northwestern. What can you tell uh, me what he looks but, like? He's so young. I need to know what he looks like. Ooh, I haven't seen him. What, what do we think? Do we think glasses? I think everyone, every 30-year-old in baseball looks the same. They wear the same clothes. He's probably got, like, slight stubble beard, kind of like what I have, but more in shape and, like, a wafty... Oh, I'm picturing clean-shaved. A wafty poof hair. Okay, so the... Yeah, the two... So he's got the wafty poof hair. Um, He... Yeah, clean face... And I mean, the one picture I'm seeing, he's wearing, he has that checkered collared shirt that mm, every, every generic white guy has. Every, yeah, every 22 to 30 year old has. Yep. Yeah. He's wearing a pull. He's got like a, a pull over over it. Yeah. That's the, yeah. that's the fucking I'm young and I work in baseball look. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's Scott Harris. If you and had yeah, to, the, if, uh, if his, if his wife, mother, had to brag about one feature, like he's got those nice eyes. He's got such a nice mouth. What would it be? Yeah, good eyebrows. Like his his mother would say, like, I love his smile, okay. uh, but it's not like a great smile, but it's oh. a smile a mom likes. Okay, okay, yeah. Does he have any noticeably uh, bad features? No, no. He's he's. Uh, you're right. I mean, he does look like he's cut from the young like, and baseball cloth. A, yeah. Yeah, instead of the <laughs> the what was what was what program was I in a, a manager's training program? He was on the he was on the fast track to become a GM program, which I didn't get an application for. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no. they avoided you, which is tough. So the Giants Dude, hire him. Yeah, yeah, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say the Giants. Um, I I just I dipped my toe in the water a little bit because I I read one article and it was talking about like yeah they've got money coming off the books blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I, I feel like this next year is going to be very much kind of a, uh, throw some stuff out there and see what sticks. Like it's going to be one f- full serious rebuilding year. Like I was looking at their multi-year contracts. I think they only have like three relievers on the books for next year. They've already claimed a couple guys off waivers. Um, but it's, They've they've got their big money coming off in two years. I think they've got Cueto, Posey, um, Brandon Belt, a couple guys. So they're like t- next year's the test year. See who's gonna stick. Then they're gonna sign a couple guys, and then the ne- the year after that, I think like Longoria, a couple other guys come off. So they're on they're on like a two year rebuild plan. Yeah, to me, it seems like they very much don't want to compete next year, and they might be anyone they have on the books might be up for grabs. Yeah, I think if they can get off of them for the right price, but I I think they're even willing to wait it out a little bit. Okay. Um just just bring up 
bring up some dudes, let those contracts kind of run out their course, maybe move them in their in their contract year. But uh, yeah, and it's kind of <laughs> the money. <laughs> baseball can be tough, man. And it like I, I was looking at some of the contracts. It's like Johnny Cueto, 22 mil. Uh, we'll see what he's got after being out a year. Brandon Belt's getting 17. Um, I don't think he's necessarily living up to that. Brandon Crawford gets paid. So they um, it's definitely literally and figuratively the end of an era uh, in San Francisco. But yeah, I'd say two, three years, uh, they're going to be able to sign impact free agents and probably have a new couple, couple new young bodies from the rebuild. Yeah. They're still searching for a manager right now. And they, as far as we know, the giants, the San Francisco baseball giants have narrowed it down to three candidates. So they got Astros bench coach, Joe Espada, Ray's bench coach, Matt Quattraro. No way. I apologize. Quattraro. Yeah. And former Phillies manager, Gabe Kapler. Now, if they don't care about the next two seasons, go with Gabe Kapler. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, if you're just rebuilding, go. I mean, if you're trying to win in the next two years or build a culture, um, a competent culture, don't go with Gabe Kapler. I don't think he showed anyone anything. I don't understand why he's up for a manager's job. Joe Espada is very interesting. Spent time with the Astros and the Yankees in the last four years and kind of knows the inner workings of both clubs. And like you've been saying, Jake, both clubs are have pretty much been doing it right. Not that they're the only two, of course, but they are two of the seven that have been doing it right for the last, like, five years. Mm. So I, I like Joe Espada. Give him a chance. I actually give Joe Espada a chance because if he doesn't work out, you're rebuilding for two years, and if he does, then that means he's taken some of the Astros magic and the Yankees magic and sprinkling it on. So I like Joe Spada there, but again, like not in the interview room. So I, Joe Spada could have something terrible about him that I don't know about. Whoa, skeletons! Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I'm I don't think I'm rooting for anyone here. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. It's it's really tricky. It's it's okay. So this year is going to be like full almost rebuild. Um but then it's I don't know if I'm the manager, I want to know what's the what's the plan for next year? Cuz like okay, I'm I'm probably going to finish this year with a record that's like 72 and 92. Those games don't add up, but sure, somewhere around there. Not a math pod. Um Never been. So okay, so in year 2, are we going to be able to sign two, three free agents, and are we going to be able to be an above 500 team? Or am I going to be sitting there after two years of rebuild with two years of losing records, and then that might be my one shot at being a manager? So I I know they only get so many <laughs> – they only get so much pull when they're applying for a managerial job, but I that, that'd be something I'd want to know. Yeah. Well, maybe they're asking. But I don't think they yeah. have much say. Like I don't think any of those three are turning down a manager's job if it's being offered. Yeah, no, that's com- completely right. The other fun update, and this is what I was yelling at you about, is we had our first trade of the offseason. Yes. The Toronto Blue Jays traded for Milwaukee Brewers right-hander Chase Anderson. Chase Anderson had two years of options on the books. This this year for 2020, it's $8 million dollars. Uh, because he had a really good 2017, so they were hoping he was a stud, so they put in an $8 million option hoping he's a stud, and that's kind of a cheap price for a pitcher. Turns out, Chase Anderson, good, not great, kind of just a fourth, fourth, fifth arm, but he's he's not bad, but not worth $8 million, probably worth like $2 million. The Blue Jays are in dire need of a starting pitching, so they said, hey, we'll pick up your options, Trade them to us, and we'll pick up both options for 20 and 2021, and we'll give you Chad Spanberger. I don't know who that is. But the the Blue Jays are in desperate need for pitching, and they got one guy. Like, they need to fill out a rotation, so now they have a fourth starter. Good job. Yeah, and you're, you're right. I mean, 2017 was a, a big year. He had... Um, an ERA in the two two dots. We haven't yeah. said the dots in a while. That All was the, fun. It was, yeah, but it was uh, aberration. Uh, yeah, his ERA has gone up the 
the past couple years. I mean, it was 4-2 last year, uh, which, again, in juice ball era isn't awful. But, yeah, the Blue Jays, they are confident. We got excited about the Baby Jays this year. They have a lot of bodies for their lineup. Uh, So the fact that they can get Chase Anderson and not have to do free agency games or anything like that and know that they have an arm that – should be able to give him 150 innings and and give him a chance in games. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm happy for them. I, I'm wondering if Milwaukee is more excited to get off the money. Um, and I think they're just taking a flyer on Spangenberger. I, I looked at his minor league stats last year. They weren't great. Uh, but those were also the outliers. So, hey, we, we did it, baseball. Big trade. Yeah, I mean, I think you, if you're a Blue Jays fan, definitely look for them to go get more pitching. I don't know if they're going to go out there and spend the top-tier money, but, like, you know, maybe uh, uh, Tehran, maybe Pineda, Gibson. Maybe they go get that tier, of, like someone from that tier. Yeah, like Cole and Strasburg both to Toronto, reported by John Boy, aww, tweeted at John aww, Heyman. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, Jake, here are some uh, just rumors that I don't want to talk about. The rumors. Rumors. Rumors that the Cubs are going to maybe try to shop Wilson Contreras around simply because they need to free up some money. They have all these young guys that are all about to get paid, and he's the least of the studs. <laughs> like They wouldn't want to trade him, but he's maybe the least that can return. The Rays are looking to sign a catcher. There are so many catchers in this free agent market that you – can get to split, or you can. There's like maybe Grandal's the only one that you'd like a for sure. He's your starting catcher and a game changer at the position. But there's a ton of options if you want to do that. Um, and I think that's all really there. Then there's some fun notes I have. Fun notes, yeah. I I, I don't know. Just with the Cubs and Contreras, it's it's kind of funny that David Ross, the former catcher, they were teammates. Um, it was like Contreras' first year, but it's kind of funny that, okay, David Ross gets hired and he's obviously a catcher and now that rumor's out there. It feels like, I don't know, if David Ross took this job and he loved Wilson Contreras, that this wouldn't be a discussion, but the fact that it is makes me think he doesn't love Willie. Well, I don't think this is coming from the Cubs. I think it's coming from people who are analyzing the money that the Cubs have, knowing they need to free some up eventually to pay other guys and knowing that Contreras is the odd man out. Like, I don't think the Cubs are shopping this. I think it's uh, reporters projecting. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess that if, if it was a, if it was a catcher that David Ross loved, I don't think the reporters would be projecting that. Maybe who knows how he knows how he feels about him. Maybe the reporters don't. It's just very, yeah. this to me seems very money based, not personal based at all. Just okay. a rumor too. So who knows? And then the other rumors that I said I didn't want to talk about at all were the Lindor trade, because I just don't think it's happening. Mm. But our dude Buster Only had an interesting thought on it. And this is, I'll just read Buster Only's quote from his article or podcast, whatever it's from. Uh, the Orioles were underwhelmed with the offers they received on their su- superstar infielder Manny Machado when they shopped him in the 2017-18 offseason with one season remaining of team control. So perhaps Cleveland sees that and says, maybe we should shop him with two years because then the offers will actually be like blockbuster offers if no one wants him for just one year. And that kind of changed my mind a little bit. I still don't think he's going to be moved, but they may shop him now. Um, what are your thoughts on that, that, that comparison there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that um, because you're right. I mean, in today's Major League Baseball organizations value their prospects too much. They're not going to trade for one season of Manny Machado to see if he's fully bought in um, and give up three of their top prospects. Like, it just doesn't work like that. Um, Lindor, yeah. I mean, it two years, um, I mean, you'd really have to pay the troll toll. I'd have to go through the teams a little bit more and be like, okay, what team has a clear two-year window? Um and I mean, would it be that everyone's talking about Didi Gregorius to the Cincinnati Reds because they need a shortstop? You wonder if they could. <laughs> and, and hey, those teams like to trade. They did the Bauer trade. Um, you know, would would a team like that be like, hey, we would never be able to sign a guy like Francisco Lindor 
Do we empty the bank of prospects for two years of something like this? I don't know. Um, I, I think there's a chance. I think if you're Cleveland, you want a full payday. You want like four prospects for Frankie Lindor. And I think a lot of the teams in baseball aren't willing and wanting to do something like that. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I could see it happening, but uh, at the same time, I'd have to... I'd have to see the pieces come together in my head a little bit more. I'd have to see a team that had a clear two-year window and had a couple prospects that they were kind of ready to punt on. Yeah, and if you're wondering like why trade Lindor at all, he's so good, and he's in two more years of arbitration, and he's going to command like 16 mil both years. So they don't want to pay that. If they're like trying to rebuild, they don't want to pay that for the next two years. So might as well trade them and get superstars. They could change their direction, but they they can also just compete with Lindor. The Indians yeah. piss me off. You're good enough to compete. Fucking compete. We don't have the financials, bro. Yeah. No, it'd be kind of fun. And speaking of financials, but it's a team we've seen have a little more flex in the past couple of years. How about the Rays? Empty some of those young guys and fucking just go for it for two years, Tampa. Pay. Pay Frankie Lindor that money and roll it out. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Suck for Yankee fans like we are, but... Yeah. All right. I like this update, Jake. Oracle Park, the San Francisco Giants, are moving their bullpens to the outfield because they're in the middle of play, and they've yeah. had some close calls recently with guys running on the mound, bullpen catchers getting hit, all that stupid stuff that comes with having the bullpens on the field. So they're moving their bullpen to behind the, the fence... But that means that the fences are being moved in and Triple's Alley Triangle will be lowered by about a foot and moved four to six feet closer to home plate. So a foot lower and six feet closer. Triple's Alley, it's so far away that I don't know how much this is going to change things. But I mean, you do that anywhere else, a foot lower and six feet closer. That's a huge difference. When you bring in the angle into play, kind of fun. Get those bullpens out of there. I hate that. And I don't know. It's the biggest I mean, in in a in a game where home runs rule. It's the least friendly home run area. So yeah, and I I think again this will come into play. You know, a couple triples might become doubles, and you know, a couple couple triples might become home runs now if they leave the park. So. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to have a big effect. I think we are going to laugh in a couple years that we have bullpens on the field because they're just as dangerous as the Hill in Houston used to be. I'm laughing um, about it already. It's stupid. Yeah, and like I, 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 Jim, the part that actually made made me laugh was the fact that they felt that they had to be in the outfield. Like we're at the point we have cameras and stuff. You can have like the bullpen can be underneath, like behind the dugout, yeah. like. As long as guys can get warm and you have cameras up, like I, I do think it's fair that the other team knows like that someone is getting loose in the bullpen. Um, oh, I, that I would do... be cool if that wasn't part of the game. You're like, what? He's coming in. <laughs> it, that would be super cool in like the playoffs. Like, oh my <laughs> god, can you Here comes like dude... sail out of the bullpen? We didn't even know he was warming up. <laughs> Remember that time? Yeah, like sale to close the ninth. You'd you'd be checking out the dugout and like counting heads. Um, yeah, sale when he closed out the World Series. Dylan Batances in those playoffs, he came in in like the third inning. That was like the Yankees' secret. Like that would have been a bomb. That would have been pretty cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. Good good job, Giants. Yeah, I'm interested. I'd love to see if it makes any change. Belt has been playing there forever and just getting robbed of home runs left and right because he plays. In such a deep park, it's tough. Four feet. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, that's a that's a shot out there. Yeah, it's so deep um, already. But if you were to do that at like any other park, at any other like random area, four to six feet in and a foot lower, like that, that changes a lot of things. Yeah. All right. The other fun thing that the internet's loving is the Padres are going back to brown uniforms. They actually look really nice. I am a big fan. Yeah, you'd you'd be surprised. I'm not a huge like uni snob, um, mostly because my attention to detail has been zero my entire life. But 
Um, yeah, no, get the get the Padres excited. I went through a, the giant history of the Padres uniforms because I was like, when did they stop? Why did they stop? And they just went to navy blue, which every team's navy blue. Yeah, less navy blue teams. I have a tough thought that's going to piss off two fan bases. Here we go. The Reds. Anytime you tell me like a team, like a guy's, like when you said Lindor to the Reds, I just picture him in a Reds uniform, and I go, "Oh, that sucks." Ooh, tough. I just don't see it. And then you said Lindor to the Rays, and I was like, "Oh my god, that sucks." <laughs> you are right, Jim. That would piss off two fan bases, and I think I know which ones. <laughs> After this, I just think they're the uniforms kind of blow. Tough. I mean, the Reds, the Reds wear gimmick uniforms once a week. Yeah. Because their uniforms suck. I think the Padres went through a big kick. Like, at, Camouflage they have Thursdays. The big, yeah, they have the naval influence down there. that they And they were like, oh, these are kind of cool. So they got sucked into that a little bit. Um, yeah, Unigame's out of control. What, what happened to just having a home and a road jersey? What do you like the Nikes putting their little swoosh on all the jerseys? I don't care. I don't care either. I don't think anyone truly cares. It's just something. No, people want to pretend to care. The The NBA has had advertisement logos on their jerseys for two, three seasons. Now. I mean, the Clippers are literally Bumble. They have the Bumble logo on their jersey. Nobody cares. Um, but it's just uh, the Celtics, I think they're GE. Like People want to care for a week just to have something to care about, and then you don't, and it's forgotten. Yeah, I think people like having their auto responses. I don't like this. And then... Oh, what? Oh, 2019, we put ads on the jerseys? These teams aren't making enough money? The, the fucked up thing is that uh, Nike is, is going to control which third-party stores can sell official merchandise. And that may... And who knows what discretion they're going to use with that. And we don't know yet. Right. They could say everyone's fine. Or they could be really dicks about it. And like I know that all the stores around Yankee Stadium are very scared because if they can't sell official merchandise, they don't have stores anymore. All right. So that's, that's kind of the shittier part. Um, I don't care about the swish on the Jersey. We will get, you will get used to that so quick. It's like when Facebook makes a change and you're like, Oh, I hate the new update. And then like two seconds later, you're like, what was the old one? Like, yeah. And then you run it. We're losing in. We're losing Instagram like soon, right? Oh, don't care. Yeah, that's big. And then you run into one guy and like, I haven't updated in five years. And you're like, well, oh, cool, cool, man. You're the hero. Stay strong, brother. Stay strong. Oh, yeah, just, your sucks. You're, you're working on an old yeah. <laughs> format. All right. Uh, automated strike zone to debut in the minor league baseball in 2020, says Rob Manfred. And that's kind of the, the other update there. I'm all for it. Everyone's saying like, it, w- it didn't work in the... Uh, the, that guinea pig league, like everyone hated it and they said it wasn't that good. And it's like, well, yeah, they just fucking tested it. What do you think they're going to run out and it's going to be expert? It's incredible. <laughs> like, this is what we're doing. We're, we're guinea pigging it so it can get better and better and better. Yeah, and I think that was one of the complaints was it still takes like, I think they said three to five seconds for the pitch to register. So you would like that to be a little quicker, but some someone was doing the math on that, and they're like, okay, another five seconds on every pitch. And it's like, well, no. I mean, the catcher can still throw it back to the pitcher. Like, I, we, we just... It's not like the whole pro- fucking world yeah. freezes. The catcher doesn't have to frame the pitch for five seconds for the robot. Um, it's, it's, it's a learning process, and you're right. I mean, by, by the time this technology gets to the major league, um, the ball strike should be almost instant, and it, it's just going to take, like, the players are going to have to learn how to play with it. Like, throw, just throw the ball back. Yeah. You, frame, framing the pitch doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the uh, problem I saw was that the way it was calibrated was that if a breaking pitch just, like, dropped over the front part of the plate but never right. went through the plate, they counted it as a strike, which is kind of shitty. Well, that's technically what it's supposed to be. It's supposed yeah. to be if it nicks any part of that strike zone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to be a big mind fuck so, seeing balls seeing balls bounce and hit the dirt, but <laughs> they technically cross through the zone. So what they to, to fix that, they need to just change the definition of a strike because no ump calls those anyway. It has to pass through. Right. So anyway, 
All right, let's take a quick break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to see where Jake thinks all the free agents fit best. What's up? All right, part two, talking baseball. We did some free agent stuff last episode. We went over like every free agent available. That was kind of crazy. It was a lot of information. Taking like maybe the top tier. Jake, you have some better answers for this than me. I think you're more into this than me, but I'm excited to hear. I asked some people on Twitter, but I don't have internet to go see it. What free agent do you think fits best with the, the league. Now, can I throw some at you that were common? Because I think mine are common. Yeah, I think there's, there's two major layups, um, two, two pitchers that need to be discussed that are like, when you do the math in your head, like, yes, that would be cool. Strasburg to San Diego. Yep. To- I had totally forgotten San Diego State. And it's funny because we don't treat San Diego like a normal sports city. <laughs> like we, we treat it as a place like you go live there and you're like, oh, chill vibes, man. But like, yeah, he went to college there. He just won the World Series. That would be cool. This team is looking to compete and come to a next level. It would be a really cool fit. They've sp- San Diego has spent money. Hosmer, Machado, like Will Myers. They'll write big checks. So yeah, and it's 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 like it's part of their plan when they when they gave over that GM job, they were like, "Hey, we are going to we've got the farm system. We're going to spend for I think three years. I think this would be the third year, and then I think it's kind of back to the drawing board. I do think they'd like to have the Hosmer contract back a little bit, but oh yeah, for sure. But I'm saying they it's not like they're stingy. They've had a plan no. in place, and it's about to come together. They need a stud. So Strasburg does fit San Diego. I, I agree with that. Um, we'll see. But I, even if they don't land Strasburg, I expect San Diego to get a couple of those, at least one of those top-tier pitchers. Like maybe, maybe Jake, if they don't get Strasburg, and this is kind of a different conversation, but I'm going to do it real quick. Because I also had like Ryu. Yeah, and Ryu's a guy that's been in the NL West. Um, they, they need one... They need one trusted guy to go with all of their young guys um, to kind of anchor that rotation a little bit. Because even if even if Ryu does fall off a little bit, which again, his past two years have been insane. Um, but you know, they they've had Joey Lucchesi throwing the pill for a couple years now. Um, that their their young guys are getting their paddock, um, but you still want kind of a veteran presence that you could you can trust to go out there because all. A couple of those young guys, yeah, they'll take a step up and they'll be good. A couple of those young guys are going to take a step down. That's just how baseball works. Okay, Paddock is kind of like a, he pitches angry. like He's always like pissy on the yeah. mound. Do you think better for them to get a dude like Bumgarner so they can be pissy together or Strasburg so they can balance, balance each other out? Strasburg. You tell Strasburg to treat him like Scherzer. Scherzer. Yeah, okay. I like that. <clears throat> yeah. The, the other big layup here that... I tweeted out a lot of people had it. You've had it for like seven months, maybe even since last off season. The first time he got mentioned at the trade deadline, it was like, oh shit. <laughs> Wheeler to the Astros. I, it I, just makes so much sense. I think they can replace Cole, <laughs> which, you know, a lot of people say that's crazy. I think they can replace Cole for less money because Wheeler and Cole are pretty similar before Cole went to Houston. And you just give Wheeler that special sauce, that arm talent, plus Brent Strom and whatever they're doing over there with the analytics and all that shit. And Wheeler can become, I'll say Cole Light, just because to be nice. Just just to make it not as hot takey. But it does feel very much like fuck. Zach Wheeler would be like the final level of the experiment. Like, okay, if you do him, now you guys are pretty much have a cheat code going on. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you go through his last two years, I mean, it, his, his ERA doesn't fully line up with his FIP if you're one of those people, but still the past two years, 60 starts a three, six, five ERA. Also, Jim, the Mets pushed him like all of those Mets starters. It wasn't like, Hey, 
you pitched a good six innings, let's give it to the pin. It's like, can you please give us seven? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Wheeler probably wouldn't have that pressure if he goes to Houston. And if if they could even trend him up a little bit, which you'd ex- you have to expect at this point from Houston, like, yeah, you could get, you know, 85% of Garrett Cole's season, which that's, that's still an ace pretty much. Yeah. The other thing is uh, that's interesting is that if like Wheeler goes to San Diego, the Padres just signed Larry Rothschild, the Yankees old pitching coach. So it'd be interesting to see what he can become if like somehow they land there with him. Yeah. Or whoever lands Larry. There. Larry. Um, Jim, let, let's, I want to close off your book because you got, you have two guys going well, not going to the same team, but two guys that you thought would be either fun or good fits. That's a typo. Um, One of those is a big time typo. Okay, I was gonna say, I was like, damn, Jim's got Jim's really got something <laughs> up his sleeves. <laughs> I just saw that. No, I don't have that. Uh, I got okay. Rendon to the Mets. I, okay, I don't think they're gonna do it because they they don't spend money smartly, mm. but they need a third baseman, pretty bad. And he's a fucking superstar. Yeah. And he brings this like, ah, uh, see, my, my, I worry the Mets would ruin him. He brings this steadiness like Rendon. Just he's been pretty consistent, under the radar superstar. He just became a real superstar in the World Series. But we all saw him. He's chill, like just a very relaxed vibe. And the Mets... Maybe you could counter Pete Alonzo's corny over-the-top vibe. I like Alonzo, but whatever. But then they, they need him. They need big they, – they had the worst infield defense in MLB last year. So not only do they need his bat, they need a good third baseman. The Mets can spend money. They just don't. So yeah. I don't think this is going to happen, but I think it's a really good fit. No, I, I like it, and I think the Mets – we we've talked about this third base pool a little bit. Um, I I think I've got someone I like I like for the Mets a little better. But yeah, I mean the Mets fans would love it. And you're right, the risky run with Rendon is that kind of the monk personality we talked about during the playoffs. A couple bad weeks in New York, and it goes. This guy doesn't even care. I'd love he, to see how he handles the New York media. Yeah, um, and yeah, maybe he's kind of. Maybe he's not that guy. I guess he's been in D.C., which, I mean, it's not New York, but it's still, um, I don't know. They'll they'll get on you a little bit. Uh, Rendon, I had a really fun one with Rendon. Um, I, I was going, you know, thinking of the different teams, um, and you've heard a lot of them. Um, I mean, Washington is still a big chance. Uh, still a big chance. Uh, the Texas Rangers, Chicago White Sox, teams that have been rumored to spend a little bit. How about Milwaukee? Uh, Milwaukee just moved Chase Anderson. Um, so there's eight mil. Um, no, but yes, Monty Grandal comes off the books. Mike Moustakis comes off the books and think about what Randone just came from. It was him and Soto with some surrounding pieces. You could have Yelich and Rendon in the middle of that lineup for the next few years. I, I really like that. That's kind of the way baseball is going a little bit is having those like two main, main pieces and just filling in around it I don't know I, I don't know if Milwaukee has that 250 burger to lay out there if Rendon asks for that but I think that would be a really really fun pairing well I would surely put them over the top I mean think think about where they yeah where they've been without having kind of that second bat you have one on here that I think is awesome okay point me you have Yasiel Puig to the Chicago White Sox. I did this one for you, basically. And that is awesome. If anyone wasn't paying attention, the Chicago White Sox had one of the loosest dugouts in the regular season for a team that really wasn't contending. <laughs> but they got along. They had a ton of fun. They, had, they were like, you know, the forefront, the flagship of the swagger movement. And then Puig is just a lightning rod. If he goes there and and fits in, you could have a really fun team. Now, I don't know about money or positionally. I'm literally just talking vibe. Yes. So I, 
I knew vibe-wise you would love that because you loved how fun they were. Jim, they've got a spot for him in in right field. I mean, I, I don't want to be rude to Ryan Cordell, but he had a 645 OPS this year. He was um, in 97 games. He played the majority of right field. They, had, they signed John Jay before the season. That was part of the Machado bait. He was a bust for them. And they need, like, another impact bat in that lineup. So uh, baseball-wise, it's a fit. Dugout-wise, it's a fit. Because uh, you're right, they're one of these fun teams, and you let Puig be Puig. And Jim, another thing that you've you've literally seen this as we've been podcasting for two, three years now, you've seen this come over me. I really like like team dynamics. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers have to have a mean defense, yeah. and stuff like that. The Chicago White Sox, their most recent su- success was like Ozzy Guillen. Being kind of the wild child. So you know what? Put Yasiel Puig in the fire and let it brew, and you have a big threat in that lineup to go with Moncada, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, some of these young guys, uh, McCann had a really nice year. I, I think it's a fit all the way around. And they were trying to spend money last offseason with Machado and failed, and they spent money in weird places to try and land Machado. So I don't know. That is a fun fit. It, it could be a lot of fun. And Puig... And obviously this will work out because he's a free agent, so it's teams recruiting him. He has to go to a team that lets him be him. Yeah. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna go out of your way, sign Puig as a free agent, then try to harness him. You just you gotta be smarter than that when you're doing it. Like you gotta let him be the fucking lunatic he is. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to be rude to our, our White Sox listeners, but I, I think right now they're talking big fish again. And right now I just I don't think the appeal is there for the big fish. But I do think like you're you're a step away and you have Kopech coming back this year and different things like that, that if you bring in, you know, a, a couple of these second, third tier guys, if you bring in a Puig, if you bring in another hitter, you can really start to fill out the team more where they, they had some holes last year. Yeah. All right, you want to do the big one? You want to go where you have Cole going? Or not where you I, have him I, going, where you, where you think it's a fun fit? I, I think it's a fit, and I think I've mentioned it before, or if you've been listening, it, they've kind of been my dark horse this whole free agency. Garrett Cole to the Texas Rangers. Um, it's They're opening a new stadium, so they need some electricity. Um, the Texas Rangers, we've talked. I talked about team identities. Well, we'll see what their new ballpark looks like, but I'm assuming it's going to be another hitter's park. But right now, they really believe in Lance Lynn and Mike Miner. So if you bring in Garrett Cole and you can make those guys your 2-3, now your whole team dynamic has changed, and you're, A, you have to think Texas a little bit too. The Texas Rangers are looking at Houston, and they're in the same division, and they're saying, we just took your ace. Um, and, and that's a lot of fun. That's going to create some really good energy. And I, I don't know, like I'll, I'll always have this image of Texas being able to fill out the lineup with some different dudes. Pitching wise has always been their struggle. And they, they found something last year. If you put Cole on top of that, now you kind of have a really, a really nice one, two, three. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it's, uh, it, that would be a really, that would be a really fun one. That is uh, John Heyman's bullshit mystery team of the 2019. Yeah. Whenever John Heyman tweets out, Cole may be going to the Yankees, Astros, Angels, Padres, or in the mystery team, Texas Rangers are in that lump. They are the lump. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that one's a little fun. Um and this this one I, I think is kind of a quick hitter, but I, I want Edwin Encarnacion to go back to Toronto. Um, Fuck with all those young Tor- dudes. He's with all the young dudes. We saw the dynamic on the Yankees with the young guys there. We kept calling him Uncle Edwin. I think it's the perfect fit. He's going to be a solid bat for them, and he's a guy that like these young guys almost idolize to a little bit to a degree. Um, and yeah, he can, he can kind of be uncle Edwin for the blue Jays. I think that's a really fun one. Yeah. I like that. Let's breeze through a couple of these others. You have Grandal going to the angels or a good fit. Yeah. I, I like Grandal to the angels. Grandal's the one I can't like tune in. I, I honestly, I spend an odd amount of time on that. Cause I was trying to think like, what, what's the fit? Like who's telling themselves they want him at catcher and they really want to pay him. 
And then I was like, oh, I think the Angels. Like you, you, you have a catcher you believe in. Um, he's a switch hitter. You, you know, you're giving Trout some help. And I do think they're going to go out and sign a starting pitcher. I know there's a lot of coal rumors there. Um, but either way, like Otani's coming back. So I think you want you want a battery that you're competent in. I, I don't think if you're the Angels next year and you sign whoever you, you sign, I don't think you want to come in and be like, well, yeah, Chirinos is battling out with Austin Romine and we're going to see what happens back there. Like, I kind of like them like being like, hey, let's – Grandal's got some pretty good numbers. We're just going to stick him behind the dish, and he's he's another he's one of the better hitters that Trout will have played with throughout the past X amount of years. <laughs> Stella was pretty good last year. Stella was solid. Bounce back. And then Mad Bum to Atlanta. Do you have uh, before we go there? Do you I, does a team jump out for Grandal like that? You're like, oh, a good good catcher, switch hitter, bat him, bat him fifth. No. But I don't. I'm not really familiar with every cat, the catching landscape. Yeah, it's such a weak position, right? And it's kind of like the Cubs are willing to move on from, or the rumor is the Cubs are willing to move on from Wilson Contreras, who's one of the best hitters at the position. And you look at the two teams in the World Series this year. I mean, they didn't necessarily have impact catchers, so I, I think that's part of it. Mad bum to Atlanta. I. Light bulb went off for me a little bit just because if you remember when Atlanta lost and they got embarrassed, I said, yo, Atlanta's got to go out and get a couple free agents with big fuck you chips on their shoulder and say, we don't care. Madison Bumgarner is is one a <laughs> of of the guy who would say that like I don't, that would be his opening press conference. He'd be like, I don't give a shit how they lost in the NLDS. Yeah. Um and I, I don't know. I think they've got all the young guys, and hopefully he could pass off some of that knowledge. And he's kind of from that region. They've been, they've been linked together a lot. Get him back in the South. Just keep him, off, the, the South. Keep, keep him off those uh, quads. Mad Bum went to prom with Mad Bum. Madison Bumgarner dated a Madison Bumgarner. He comes from a town full of Bumgarners. It's pretty wild. We might have to get there at one point. Um, yeah, I'll I'll start churning a little more. Who have I missed? Just Ozuna, um, you have is the only one. Marcelo Zuna, uh, I put him on the Cubs. I mean, they brought Castellanos in for the stretch run, and he was an impact bat for them. Uh, Castellanos kind of can't play defense though, so I've just got Ozuna basically being their Castellanos, but he can play some corner outfield. You don't think the Cubs will try to bring him back, Castellanos? They might, but I. I just feel like you're starting to get into a tricky territory because you still have Schwarber. Now you have Castellano. So you've got two guys that are, I don't want to say borderline fielders, but kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I just think, I, I think having one of those guys is okay on a team. Then you, you start looking at some lineups where you're like, okay, the, the Cubs corner outfields are, are horrible today. If they have Schwarber and Castellanos out there, I just think Ozuna is plug and play every day. Jason Hay, the Cubs just may. And then you have Donaldson just going to an NL East team. I mean, yeah. let me, let me, he's not going to the Marlins. No. Okay. We'll, we'll rule out, we'll rule out the Florida fishies. Um, the Nationals, if Rendon leaves, they're going to have a hole at third base. Um, the Braves may want to re-sign him. I don't think he's a priority, but he just played third base there. The Mets, you link them with Rendon. I think, I think he's a pretty good fit with the Mets because they're, like you said, the Mets have the money, but they don't really spend it. Donaldson, you could give him two years big money or three years good money instead of the seven that you'd have to give Rendon. Um, I feel like the Mets are in a two-year window in their heads right now. Oh, Lindor to the Mets. I just announced Who it. are we no. missing? Uh, What's the other team? I'm blanking on. Uh, the Nationals, the Braves, uh, the Phillies. Phillies. The Phillies have been looking at third baseman, too. So, um, I mean, do you think there's a chance Rendon, Todd Frazier, and Donaldson all land in the NL East? That'd be a lot of fun. Um, so, what, what would that be? That would be Donaldson to the Mets... Frazier to Philly, and then Rendon back to Washington. Could be. Frazier to Philly is fun. Hey, like Jersey, that's, that's that's closer to his home in Jersey than Mets, and you know he wants to be close to home. 
I'm just saying, good clubhouse guy. Good clubhouse guy for a new manager that he played with Girardi. Keep Harper in line. Free agency math. Balance out that shitty clubhouse guy, Arietta. Ooh. That'd be cool. You're liking it. Yeah. That kinda that kinda adds up. I mean, Phil he is a Philly dude. He's a Philly guy. Philly would love him. Philly would love Todd Frazier. It's the anti Gabe Kapler. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's cool. That's fun to think about. Yeah, and then I I mean from there you look at the free agency list, and I mean on let's be honest, guys like Dallas Keichel, Henji Ryu. Like Oda Rizzi, like you could put those guys on any team. <laughs> like, like I, I don't think there's anything that jumps out and is like, Ryu oh, I need him there. Yeah, I, I thought about saying that because obviously the, I mean, they have the, the market there, and they, they actually do want to spend. So they're, I, I could see that. Um, Ryu to the, pa- Ryu to the Padres if they miss out on Cole, if, if the Padres miss out on Cole. Or Strasburg, then maybe they get like Ryu and Madbum. Can I ask you a question as a Yankees fan? Sure. Yeah. What if the it what what would your reaction be if the Yankees signed Ryu? Eh, okay. Cool. Because there's a little bit of like I'd be okay, I'd be I'd be hesitant because I'm a I'm a I'm a ALE snob. Right. But I, I don't know. I think as a Yankee fan, there's a little bit like, okay, if you're going to go get Ryu, <laughs> you, might, you might as well just turn turn the knob up. I, I was just going to look it up, but the the NL East was so bad, Jake. And I think Ryu had all of his games. Well, he's get. in the West. That's what I'm sorry. The NL West was yeah. so bad. And I think he had like, I think we did this during the season and we looked at all the teams he played and we were like, it was a lot of that impressive. Yeah. Um. It's tough when you're on one of the good teams, when you're on the Dodgers. Um, yeah, you never get, you, know. you never have to play the Dodgers, but I mean, you're playing, right. you're playing bad teams that have a pitcher hitting. It's, it's a little you, different. You take, you take away one of the, one of the two like best hitting teams in the NL. Yeah. There's, there's a little bit of that. I don't know. He's, he's, a, he's a little bit of wild card. The only like hitter that we haven't really talked about. I mean, Moustakis. You could find some stuff there. You had Didi on there, and I think this was your typo. Are you doing the Didi to the Reds? Yeah, adds up. Yeah. Uh, started there, some nice full circle stuff. Um, I think he looks bad in yeah. the uniform. So, someone someone talk me. Uh, someone talk me, he said. Uh, someone tell me where Grandal's going. Okay. Because it just, the, the Angels made sense just because it's kind of, it's a good, not great signing. <laughs> like, you're like, okay. It we, helps. We got... They have their superstar. Yeah. So they need supplement. They need a superstar pitcher, but they have Otani. They have Trout. They need, like, the supplemental guys that are better than what they've been doing. How about Ryu and Grandal to the Angels? Boom. Sure. Oh, Ryu would look gross in all red. I feel bad for him there. I'm into it. Damn, that's a tough look for him. Let's take a quick break. Then we have some Twitter questions. The battery's running low. Oh, boy. 15%. All right. We tweeted out. Ask us a question. Hashtag talking baseball. We may try to end shows with a couple of these all the time. We like engagement. We like talking to you. Uh, so we'll rip through them. There were some good ones. I, I took like the first five, so I didn't check afterwards. No internet life. If I had internet, I could. Yeah. Hoodie Paxton, a uh, Yankees fan, follower, follows along. If you could expand MLB to any two cities, where would you go? What's, what's, your, what's your number one pick? Well, my number one pick is... When you look at a map of MLB cities, I feel really bad for Seattle and really bad for the Rockies. They don't have any close friends, close proximity yeah. games. Every game is a fucking longer train, longer plane ride. They have no train ride games. No. They have no cross-town games. I don't know where you would be able to put one that has the... And I can't look at a map right now because no internet life. It'd be, it'd be Salt Lake. 
Yeah, you could do Salt Lake up there. Um because you're not really going like in the Dakotas Vegas. or anything. Like all there's a lot of Cubs fans that live in Nebraska yeah. area or um Iowa area, you know? So maybe another like kind of Midwest but a little more west t- area if they could get a team. I just love to balance it out. Like I like that Northeast is so crowded cuz that's yeah. where it all started. But every Every road series is like a hellish road series for the Mariners and the Rockies. Split the difference. Go put one in Idaho. Have no one show up. Yeah, that's that's the problem. It's just like it's Omaha, Salt Lake, Vegas. I know there has been some Vegas buzz, and they might be my second city for fun. Uh, my number one pick is Nashville. Uh, we, I, I think we did this a little bit during the season. Nashville is a bursting city. Um, it's kind of baseball vibes, like a little bit of country music, uh, a little bit move at your own pace. Uh, the Red Sox can trade Mookie Betts there. And they, I, they, I they, they got pretty behind the Predators, and that's not like a hockey town, but they, be, yeah. they became one. So that'd be cool. It, uh, and I, I think you kind of see it in, in kind of that region that it's like St. Louis is a big hockey baseball town. I, I think Nashville would kind of be the same way. I think they have they have a nice minor league team uh, stadium there, but I I think they're ready. Like that place is just exploding, and it's dude. You mentioned you mentioned the Cubs coming out to Colorado. When there's a Cubs game in Denver, you know <laughs> the the city is packed with Cubs people. Um, Nashville, and and so for the football team for the Denver Broncos, you know whoever they're playing that week. Because so many people are like, hey, let's go out to Denver for the weekend. The Panthers are playing out there. We'll look at the mountains. We'll do that. People would do that with Nashville. It would be go go down on Friday. You go to the Friday-Saturday games. You go drinking. I think Nashville Nashville's ready. All right. I like that one. So you give one to Nashville. I'm going to rove one around that whole northwest area until we find one that supports it. Maybe that's what it is. They're the maybe they're the you, Omaha Salt Lake team. Maybe you go back to Portland. Portland is another team that needs to be mentioned. Another team up there would be cool. Them and the Mariners, that rivalry would be pretty geeky, and I'm into it. Yeah, if no one's uh, ever watched The Battered Bastards of Baseball on Netflix, it's about this independent minor league team that was in Portland. They were an independent team that played in the like minor league league but they were independent and they were owned by Kurt Russell's dad and they were just fucking crazy. They like had criminals on their roster. It was nuts and they would get a ton of fans in Portland. Go watch that documentary on Netflix. It is fantastic. California Penal League. I think only city that I think we're leaving out. Um, well, there's probably uh, a ton. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. Well, yeah, I mean, every, 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 every area has their city that they're like, Oh, we could do it. Hartford, Connecticut would be good. Um, no, I, I think the one that's very real is Charlotte. Charlotte doesn't have a team. Yeah. Put, put one in the south and one in the northwest. We need to spread it out. It's all northeast. Like they say the Rays are going to move to Montreal. Like we've got so many teams in the northeast. Yeah. get. I, I think Rays to Nashville or Charlotte seems like a winner to me. You want a team in New Mexico? I wouldn't hate it. Albuquerque ball flies well. Yeah, it'd be nuts. Nuts. All right. Uh, Nick Dubois. Outlook for Nats bullpen additions this offseason. I don't want to deep dive this, Jake. I just will say there's you got to trade or you got to go from within. I mean, there's all the Astros arms like Joe Smith, Will Harris. We did this. There's not a lot of bullpen relievers that like are game changers. Yeah, I, I don't know. If you're the Nats, you're you're looking to trade. Maybe you bring back Daniel Hudson. He just won you a World Series, and maybe he found a little something special. Um, yeah, there's not a ton of bullpen out there, Nats. And, hey, don't let it concern you too much because you had the worst bullpen and you won it all. Yeah, good call. Good call. Uh, do you think this is Barbarino? Do you- Barbarino, 69420, great username. <laughs> Do you think it's possible that Zach Wheeler gets the big fish contract? Example, $175 million in six years, and Cole gets left in the cold when it comes to a long-term deal and ends up settling for a two-year $75 million deal towards the end of free agency. Bob Arino, that is a hard and swift no. I do not think it's possible. 
Yeah, no. I mean, this is Garrett Cole is coming off one of the best years ever. Um, I I don't know. I think if we had to guess at Wheeler, I would I would just put it at Patrick Corbin's contract. What do he get? Six for one forty. I go a little less than that. You think he's gonna get less? I I don't know. I think it's um, depends where Cole and Strasburg push the market to. Yeah, for me, it's just Patrick Corbin had one really good season, and he found his slider, and he's a lefty, sure. Zach Wheeler's always been, like, arm talent, top prospect, like, drooling over him. Now it looks like he's figured it out, and, like, there's a little bit of a multiplier. I don't know. I'm I'm going to – I would put the over-under at the Patrick Corbin contract. You're going under? Yeah, for now. I think it's a little safer. Just because the years. I don't think he's going to get the years. Yeah, maybe someone packs five. But, hey, that's kind of what we thought with Corbin, too. But he was also the only pitcher out there. He was the only one, yeah. All right, uh, Hoodie Gary, does Jake wear edible underwear? And we've all been wondering. That would be disgusting. Everyone's Please wondering. say no. That would be so disgusting. No. Um, why, would you, why would you wear underwear? I don't know. Uh, at Yanks Bar says, if you could take any player that's never been an all-star to build a team around, who would it be? Oh, shit. I mean, I didn't, re- I didn't prep for this. Ooh, any player that's never been an all-star to build a team. Around. Has Fernando Tatis been an all-star? Uh, like I'd have to look at, uh, I can bring up, show me those Tatis. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the game. It's the best, <laughs> it's the best young player that hasn't been an all-star. No, Tatis has not been an all-star. Okay. Has Andujar? No, you're not going to build around Andujar. What about a pitcher? Like, no. Paddock? Okay, I'm doing the Padres. Paddock, did Soroka do it? Has Flaherty made an all-star team? I don't think he has. No, Flaherty has not made an all-star team. There you go. Boom. Um, last one from uh, Jared Golf. 33 Golf. He asked, did I look into how many players would be affected if Chris Bryant wins his hearing? And this is kind of a topic that I thought I would just share in case anyone doesn't know. Chris Bryant is taking the Cubs to whatever. He has a hearing. It's a a grievance. He filed a grievance because the Cubs delayed calling him up until the two weeks into the season because that is when there's a hard date that says if he gets called up after this day, then this season doesn't count towards his service time. You get six years of service time or seven years of service time. So a lot of teams do this. They delay calling up rookies until two weeks into the season because it you get basically a full season but it doesn't count towards their full season it delays their free agency one full year it's fucked up chris bryan is filing a grievance i do not think he will win it because don't be mad at the team be mad at the fucking cba for putting a stupid rule into the agreement that like the CBA put all these rules in and the owners were like, okay, we'll manipulate that. And it's CBA's job to make sure they don't get manipulated. Also, Mike Alt was on the Cubs as a placeholder and he did happen to get injured three days before they called up Bryant. So they can use that as an excuse, even though that's not really what happened at all. They were doing it anyway. But the question that we had was how many other players if Chris Bryant was able to win this would be able to do it I know Glaber Torres would be able to do it for the Yankees um Vlad Vlad Guerrero would be able to do it um I mean even on the Yankees like they did it again with Canely and they did it again with Drury but they really have excuses for those built in but it was a kind of secondary it wasn't as blatant but I, I tried to research this Jared and I couldn't it, the best way to research it was is to ask a, a diehard fan of every team because there's not yeah. there's not an article out there with it all listed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of when Soto got called up originally, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think anything's going to happen because um, you're right. It, it turns into a rar. Rules are rules. Um, it it sucks, but this is what your organization agreed to. Um, and yeah, like I just think of the chaos that would ensue. Like, uh, yeah, Bryant wins all <laughs> Glaber's a free agent a year earlier. Like I, it, it would, it would just lead to so much chaos that it, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's good that he filed a grievance to make this 
more public knowledge. And the next time the CBA makes their, it's in like 2022 or 2021, whenever the new collective bargaining agreement is, like, fix this, you idiots. Yeah, You did so much wrong. We were at last winter meetings and the the big hubbub word was that there was going to be a strike when they had to do the next CBA um, because free agents weren't getting paid. By the end of free agency, everyone got paid pretty good. They also Um, agreed to be able to work on the new CBA earlier because if they didn't work together for these next two years and then just sat down, there was no way they were going to agree in the allotted time to make it. So they agreed to extend talks to start them now so they can figure out what they need to get done so a strike doesn't happen, which is really smart of them. And it's it's important that they address basically the middle class. And and it's the perfect time because look at the Washington Nationals. Look at Howie Kendrick. Look at Astruble Cabrera. These are guys that aren't uh, getting money. That are free agents, but a lot of teams were saying, hey, instead of paying these guys $8 million, let's just bring up a couple young guys and get, you know, 75% of the production. Uh, so now's kind of the perfect time to strike because uh, they they need the young guys to hit free agency earlier because there, there's just a list of young guys that they don't get to free agency in time and it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... Todd Frazier is a guy that he was one of the premier players in the league, like an all-star third baseman. I mean, he's still good, but when he hit free agency, he wasn't Cincinnati Reds, Todd Frazier, hot corner, blah, blah, blah. And I, there's just so many guys you could point to around the league that if they hit free agency two years earlier, um, I, I mean, they're two years younger and your body father times undefeated you don't need to hear that from me i mean madison bumgardner in theory <laughs> um you know dallas keichel yeah well the 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 cba they the union they thought they were just insuring jobs by making seven years of control they were like oh good if you make it to the mlb you will have seven years of solid pay and they're like wait though they just fucked yeah they just fucked from making like your actual first paycheck so whatever that ends this show as my phone's dying. We uh, we have the awards coming up. Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, Cy Young, MVP. We will be doing mini-sodes this week, uh, reacting to the winners and kind of talking about those. So stay tuned. I should have internet. We should be live and on YouTube and all that good stuff by then. But for those that just listen on the app, you didn't get affected at all. Enjoy your weeks. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah. You know who's a free agent that would have loved to be a free agent one year earlier? Who's that? Scooter Jeanette had a terrible year. He was the story of last year, all-star stud. And that, like, that's a perfect example. Yeah. It's also a little bit of bad luck because of the injury. Yeah, it's bad luck too. But. But. All right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. We will be back uh, tomorrow or the next day or whenever to do the mini-sodes and then another full episode next week. See ya.